it was a busy time of year and we had just lost a manager of a fairly large department a department that ran three shifts and so it required a, a, a really skilled manager a great leader um, leader of I don't know maybe 15 people or so uh, maybe 20 somewhere in that neighborhood but you didn't see them in a normal eight-hour period so you had to be able to communicate with all three different shifts since you didn't have FaceTime with them um, constantly during their shift. So we were looking to hire a new person and did the usual, got resumes in and began to interview. And one particular person uh, just seemed to resonate. And I don't know that it was the typical example of who we would hire. Um, perhaps their, you know, their resume wasn't uh, as stellar as some of the others, but that didn't matter. We didn't always look at that. We really looked at what we thought was the character of the person. And so we made an offer, this person took the job and they started working. Now immediately, the thing I noticed was they were an extremely hard worker. I mean, they were there constantly. I worked long hours, I've always sort of done that. And it seemed like no matter how late I stayed or how early I got there to the office, they were always there. In fact, at times I wondered, do they have a cot, you know, or they, they, they bring a cot into their office and they're just sleeping there. And so as a, you know, as a manager, I'm a manager of that particular person. Um, I wanted them to have obviously um, a balanced life but I have to be honest, I liked the fact that they were there. I mean, I thought, wow, they're really, um, you know, they roll up their sleeves and they're, they're working, they're connecting with everybody, uh, just seemed to check off all those boxes. The idea of dedication um, was not an issue. I mean, didn't question, you know, wonder what they're doing. I mean, it, it was obvious that they were dedicated. And so, Things begin to progress and things begin to, you know, kind of look good. And, and uh, you know, at the facade, um, it looked like we were heading in the right direction, that we had made a great, great choice until, and more on that story in just a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Discover Blind Spots podcast. We're at episode 28. Episode 28, we've been going at this on a regular weekly basis now. I was looking for almost three months. So that tells you when we launched the podcast a little over a year ago, maybe, um, or maybe a year ago, somewhere in there, we did just a few episodes trying to figure out what we were doing and, and kind of what this particular podcast would look like. Um, and then we sort of got rolling in the fall of this year. And, and it's called the Discover Blind Spot Podcast, um, Discover Blind Spots Podcast, where we believe what you don't see can actually hurt you. So we do believe that um, it's not to be a negative, but we do believe that a blind spot is something that holds you back, that prevents you from being all that God has wired you up to be. 
And so we want to identify those things so that we can excel. We don't want to identify those things so we can feel bad or guilty or, you know, think, well, gosh, why do I want to do this? Because it's just going to you know, make me feel terrible to uncover some things that are demons inside of me, so to speak, into my character or my leadership. Why would I want to even go there if I can't see them? Maybe others can't see them. Why do I want? Well, it may be preventing you from being all um, that God has wired you up to be. And so that's why we want to to try to look at these proactively, look at them in a positive manner, look at them in a way um, that we can uh, excel in, in what we want to do. Use our gifts and use our talents to the best of our ability. Use our leadership to influence others uh, in a positive manner. So this, over these past, um, I guess, nine weeks, I guess it's been, we've been talking about something I'm calling uh, leadership fruits. You find it in Galatians 5. Now, Galatians 5 doesn't talk about leadership. They don't say it, call it leadership fruits. It's just considered fruits or more uh, commonly referred to as fruits of the Spirit. And they're listed, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I've kind of coined the phrase leadership fruits because this podcast is is really a a way for leaders, but really anybody. But but we've been focusing on leadership for the past um, perhaps three months, and we've really been focusing on what is the character of our leadership? What does it look like? And so when you look at those nine fruits, again, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, who wouldn't want to have those character traits in their leadership? I mean, who wouldn't want to have those character traits, period? I mean, that's kind of the, the creme de la creme. If you can accomplish all of those, where it's, it, you start to grow those fruits inside of you, um, and to a point where others can see them and others can benefit from them. And so I think as leaders, those are character traits we should strive for. Um, I also think that we shouldn't have one set of character traits as a leader and another set of character traits as, you know, when we leave the office, it should be one. So call it what you want. I've called it Leadership Fruits. And this week we're on the final week and we're talking about this fruit of self-control. Now, I always, last few weeks, it seemed, I, find, I find it interesting to kind of look at the definition. So I looked up the definition of self-control, and there are no surprises. But there are a couple of words that stood out to me. And uh, so here's the definition. The ability to control oneself. Easier said than done, right? In particular, it says, one's emotions and desires or the expression of them in one's behavior, especially in difficult situations. And that last piece is, is the piece kind of if you, if you wanted to throw a blanket over it, you wanted to put a spotlight on it, you wanted to, to kind of raise it up to the top of your, your list, your outline, when you're talking about self-control is that usually the opposite, lack of self-control. Um, you know, a previous fruit, we talked about patience. You know, all these fruits kind of, it's, it's been interesting working through these. I think they all sort of build on each one. When we talk about the opposite of them, 
usually the next fruit kind of takes care of that. Well, we're at the last one. So, you know, you might could start back at the beginning. What was the first fruit? First fruit is love. So, you know, perhaps generate a little bit more love in your life. And that will, in essence, help any issues with a lack of self-control. But usually um, the lack of self-control, struggles with self-control show up when we're in difficult situations. Usually shows up when we have uh, trials and tribulations and struggles and when our day just doesn't go the way we want it to go. Now, I'm recording this particular episode on New Year's Eve 2019, and I'll post it on New Year's Eve 2019. So we're at the end of a year. We're at the end of a decade. And so you're probably doing some reflection if you're listening to it today or or whenever you are. Um, I would I would invite you to do a little bit of reflection. And so let me ask you a question. On a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your leadership fruit of self-control? In other words, do you think before you act or do you act first? and then clean up the mess afterwards. And here's another, perhaps more telling question. What would others say? In other words, ask your family. You know, as you come up with a number, ask your family or your close friends what their number is. And you know the gap between those two numbers, if they're not the same, if there is a gap, that will be your blind spot. If they rate you uh, high, Here's another question. If they rate you high, is that because they haven't seen your lack of self-control? They haven't seen your anger yet. They haven't seen you be a jerk. They haven't seen you under stress. Sometimes when I meet somebody new and you know, if they you know, have a nice thing to say, they say, yeah, I was talking to so-and-so. They had so many nice things to say about you. And sometimes I'll jokingly say, yeah, well, they just really don't know me that well. Right? What am I saying? In other words, they, they don't know me well enough to see all the dirty laundry that's in my closet. In other words, can you hide your, you know, your lack of self-control? Can you hide it most of the time? So let me, let me move, let me get back to my story because that's what happened in this situation with this employee. Now, although their work ethic was great, although their commitment and dedication, both of those were great, I uncovered something that surprised me. To be honest with you, it shocked me. And that was they struggled with self-control. Specifically, the ability to stay cool under stress. I mean, this was a stressful job. Um, it is. And again, anytime you're trying to manage multiple shifts and people that you don't get to interact with, but a few minutes of the day, um, it's a stressful job. But in essence, this particular person would lose it behind the scenes one-on-one with their team. In other words, behind closed doors, they became a monster when no one was looking. 
Now, at first, I didn't believe it. In other words, I thought there's no way. I had not seen anything that indicated an issue. And I'm a pretty good judge of character, um, uh, meaning that I don't mean that I judge people, but I usually pick up stuff. I, I try to be emotionally intelligent enough that I pick up little signs, little quirks. I've, I, sometimes I can leave a meeting. I left a meeting recently and I said to somebody, I said, uh, there's something there. We don't know what it is yet, but I sense something. And um, with this particular person, though, when I addressed it, you know, when I, when I, you know, I was getting feedback from some of the other uh, employees, some of their, uh, this, this uh, manager's team. And I thought, yeah, they, they don't know what they're talking about. So when I addressed it with this employee, which, you know, what you should do, you know, if you start to hear chatter, you should start to address it. Um, This employee denied it in such a way that I would have bet money, almost any amount, that there was not an issue, that their team was trying to stir stuff up. Um, but eventually I started to get more signs, and particularly one direct report of this particular manager had an issue, and so I just said, I'm tired of it. I brought them both in, set them down, addressed the issue, looked them both in the eye, had them have a discussion, and I watched this manager... I watched how they took over the conversation, manipulated the discussion in such a way that their direct report, the person that reported to them that was complaining, completely changed their story. You know, I mean, just completely changed everything. So I thought, yep, there's not an issue. But it continued to grow. You know, when there's smoke, there's fire. Um, and so eventually one thing led to the other and one thing led to the other. And eventually there was a blow up loud enough that other employees heard it, you know, outside of the office, they heard it. And finally, when it got to a point where it was such a blind spot for that particular manager, no matter how hard I tried, no matter how many times I tried to address the issue, they continued to deny deny, deny. And so eventually I had to make the decision and that was the point where we had to part ways. In other words, if I didn't address the issue, it could have destroyed the entire department. And that's what a lack of self-control can do. It can be a wrecking ball in your leadership. Nothing can destroy your character quicker than a lack of self-control. Now, it does seem appropriate that we're talking about this on the last day of this year and and even talking about it on the last day of a decade. So we're ending 2019, moving into 2020. Usually, uh, as I said earlier, we're we're contemplating new things or, or contemplating this is a time, maybe a day, that we would contemplate, we would reflect uh, about this past year. And many times we're contemplating new things that we want to do in the, in the new year. We want to start exercise. We want to start eating healthy. We want to start spending more time with the family. We want to start setting goals, start accomplishing goals. 
We want to start a new routine. We want to we want to start getting up at a different time of the day. We want to uh, we want to leave the office. That I mean, we we said all these things that we want to start doing, but we also. Uh, at times are talking about things when we think about resolutions and things of that nature. We're talking about things that we want to stop doing. You know, stop eating poorly. Stop working so hard at the expense of the family. Stop losing our temp- our temper. Start uh, Stop losing, um, you know, our, our patience. Self-control is usually in the category of of stopping things. In other words, when you have the fruit of self-control, you're usually stopping something. You're stopping your actions before we do something that we're gonna that we're going to uh, regret. You ever done something and afterwards you thought, "Why did I do that?" Maybe you thought, "Why did I say that?" Or, or maybe you thought, well, why did I act that way? For example, I recently had a customer service experience that didn't meet my expectations. <laughs> the company that I was dealing with didn't respond the way that I thought they should. In other words, they had a mistake on their end, uh, but they wanted me now to, to validate that I had done what I had done, but they wanted me to go back and reprove that and so forth. So it was going to take some of my time. And, and I understand that. So I think it, that part was irritating, but the part that, that made me lose a little bit of my self-control is I think I reacted to their attitude. It was one of arrogance. It was one of entitlement. Um, and I let them know how I felt. <laughs> but afterwards, I thought, why did I act that way? I also thought, you know, I could have gotten my point across in a much different way. I didn't have to stoop to their level. I didn't have to um, to to act the same. I didn't have to return, you know, this attitude of arrogance and entitlement with my own arrogance and entitlement. Now, I did have another interaction with them afterwards, and it was better. I was better. And as a result of me being better, I, I noticed that they were better, which made me think. Since losing self-control is usually a reaction to a situation, how can we improve the situation by demonstrating and using this fruit, of allowing this fruit to be visible to others. And here's the opposite. How many times do we make things worse by allowing our emotions to get out of control? So what's the solution? Count to ten. Take deep breaths. Maybe scream into a pillow. Well, here's the thing. Those might work but they're not a permanent solution. And so in the time that we have left, I'm just going to leave you with a couple of little things here, maybe a shorter episode this week because it's New Year's Eve. But here, here's what I found. My self-control fruit is best when I'm being proactive, not reactive. When I lose my self-control, I'm usually reacting to something. In essence, I lose my self-control when I feel out of control. 
So how do you combat that? By putting a daily structure in place that allows you to take a deep breath, allows you to center yourself if you if you you know if that word means anything to you allows you to be proactive about your day try to clean your slate and say okay i have a clear plan for my day i have a clear vision of what i want to accomplish today you know how many times we head out into a day and we have no idea in other words, if you said, all right, quickly, in five seconds, I want to know the most important thing you're going to do today, we would basically stare into space because we have a tendency, I've done it, I still do it at times, we have a tendency to, to live our lives based on the urgent and not the important. So the urgent, not the important. So the things that rise to the top of our desk, are the things um, that we deal with, and and it's not always the most important thing we should do. And so uh, this this idea, this structure that we put into our day, that's actually going to be the focus of the next podcast series that I'm going to do, uh, kicking off in January. It may take a week off, and then and then kick it off the second week of January. We'll see. Uh, but I want to leave you with a few highlights. So if you if you like these highlights, then maybe you can tune back in and and pick up on that particular series. So so here's some highlights is that I think are appropriate to wrap up our, our fruits of the spirit series, particularly self-control, but particularly for all the fruits. If we want to allow these fruits to grow in our lives, first of all, we have to be able to be proactive about them. In other words, we have to, to be intentional. We have to, to decide we want to choose these nine values in our leadership. So um, whatever your system of choice is, I believe you have to have a consistent daily time to reset your brain, to reset your heart, <laughs> to reset your soul, and to reset your priorities for today. Now, I'm not talking about a long time because some people will say, Tim, I don't have time for that. I mean, I'm rushing around. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all kinds of stuff. Here, here's what I found. The discipline of doing something every day is more significant than the amount of time each day. In other words, the, the ability to say, I have two minutes or I have five minutes or I have 15 minutes or whatever. I mean, we can, come on, guys, we can, we can set the clock for 15 minutes earlier. Uh, or, or we can go to bed 15 minutes, you know, go, go to the bed 15 minutes earlier or five minutes earlier and spend that time before we go to bed to prepare for the next day. For me, um, it's, it's about 30 minutes. It's grown. It didn't start that way, but it's grown to about 30 minutes every morning. And I'd say, when I say every morning, 98% of the time it's every morning. You know, there's some mornings where I got to get up and go and I just try to make sure I do it sometime during the day or at the evening when I get back home. Uh, for me, it consists of the following things. And again, these are things I'm going to dive into more deeply when we, when we get into uh, January. But, but here are the things. First of all, 
It's identifying the most important things I want to accomplish for the day. And I call it my big three. You can call it whatever you want. That's a kind of, it's not my, I didn't come up with that term. Uh, there are other people who use that. But, but here's what it means. I only list three things um, that are the most important things that I should be focusing my energy on for that day. I only list three, even though many times I'm tempted to list more. If I list more, then I'm just setting myself up for frustration and the potential to lose my self-control. Next, I want to list the small things. Yes, a separate list that I want to just get done. These are things that, that I call my to-do list. These are things that might just take a few minutes, but I just want to get them off my list. So yes, I keep two lists, two what I would call two to-do lists. Uh, one is the big three. The other is the actual, you know, 10-foot level stuff to get things done. That helps me prioritize the most important things I need to get done to use my gifts and talents. If I combine the list, you might say, well, just throw them all together. Here's what I do, and I would suggest that this might happen to you too. I'll do all the easy things first, and I'll never get to the big three. I'll get to the end of the week. I've checked off a lot of things. I love checking things off, marking things off. But when I get to the end of the week, I really haven't accomplished much. The next thing I do is I write. And by writing, I usually write a paragraph or two at the most. Uh, I just dump any thoughts that are in my, my head. I write anxiety, celebration, highs, lows. It just helps me get them out. I've used journals before that ask you questions. That doesn't work for me. Because the question it asks for that particular day may not be what I want to write. I literally write anything that's in my brain. It's just a way for me to process. Sometimes it could be just a sentence or two. Sometimes it could be, you know, three-fourths of a page. It just depends. I put no pressure on myself other than the discipline of writing something. I don't say it's got to be this many paragraphs or this many sentences or this many pages or this percentage of a page. I just write whatever's on my brain. I just find that that's helpful for me first thing in the morning to write something down. And then finally, once a week, I list all the things that I'm grateful for. And we'll spend some time talking about gratitude in the new year. I would encourage you to spend some time before you wrap up a year um, to think about gratitude. Um, gratitude is probably the best medicine for a lack of self-control. Because here's what happens. We tend to remember the negative and forget the positive. And as long as we live in the negative, the fruit of self-control will struggle to grow in your leadership. So as I said, I'm going to dive into more of these in detail in January. But here's the deal. Remember this. Find something to do each day that resets yourself, something that allows you to begin your day or end your day, whatever, or middle of your day, wherever time, feeling proactive rather than reactive. I don't know if you're a New Year's resolution person. Uh, hopefully you're, a, I'm not a New Year's resolution person, but I'm a goal setting person. So I just gave you a goal for 2020. Here's uh, one thing I know. If you live your life constantly in a reactive state, the fruit of self-control 
will struggle to grow in the soil of your heart. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope as you end this decade, you'll spend a minute reflecting on the past, living in the present, and not being afraid to dream about the future that God has in store for you. See you next time.